hello and thank you again for joining me here on my podcast where we create space to think about integrating every aspect of your life so that you can be the leader and make an impact in your world. My name is David McGlennon and I help business leaders grow their business without sacrificing the things that are most important to them. In these first few episodes, I'm going to be sharing more from my heart about my journey so that you can get to know me better and you can understand why I created this podcast and and also why I help businesses and business leaders to grow. I've actually been called a growth fanatic by one of my clients. Uh, I read a lot. I listen to a ton of podcasts. I am always learning from other perspectives. And that's really what my goal is here for you, my listener, on this podcast. My family is incredibly important to me, and it's one of the reasons why I started Impact Leadership Consulting. You see, I've been married for 31 years to an amazing woman, and she has to be amazing to put up with my shenanigans, (laughs) like signing up for all the triathlons I've done and doing the training that it entailed. and, And actually, looking back, I wasn't too bright. Even though I had a good intention to stay healthy for my family, I kind of went off the deep end when it when I got into triathlons. I'm the classic achiever. Okay, maybe I'm the overachiever, but I'm always pushing for my personal best. I even had a multi-page spreadsheet that tracked my heart rate, the wind and weather conditions on bike rides, and my weekly run and swim mileage. Yeah, (laughs) you could say I was kind of into it. So Cindy has been a champ putting up with it. She's always been my biggest supporter, and she's helped me to grow as a husband and a dad. We have five amazing children, two girls and three boys. Our oldest is Megan, then Andrew, then Molly, Evan, and Aiden. Each one of them are so unique and and amazing, and and we are just so proud of each one of them. We live here in the greater Pittsburgh area in the United States after moving here 16 years ago. Now, if you haven't listened to the first episode, you can go back and hear the events that led up to our move. Our house is getting progressively emptier after being such a hub of activity for so long. With five kids, you can imagine the noise level when all of them were here, not to mention the friends that were around too. We routinely were setting extra plates at the table, and it was a fun but chaotic environment. And the table was one place that Cindy insisted on having as our time of connecting. She never had great experiences at the dinner table growing up, so this was one thing that she wanted and was very intentional about. At 6 p.m. nearly every night, with very few exceptions, we gathered as as a family and prayed in gratitude for the food and, and then shared our evening meal together. The dynamics around that table were so fun and, and, and always unique. And as one by one, the older ones flew off into the world, those interactions and the dynamics around the table changed. It's terribly quiet now with only the two youngest at home, but I'm so grateful for the dinnertime ritual because it has helped us to always reconnect as a family. I'm so grateful for Cindy's determination to keep that as a sacred place and a sacred time for all of us. 
Now, as you heard on the first episode, I grew up in a family that was very close, both geographically, we, we lived close to each other, and relationally. When we moved to Pittsburgh, it was a big adjustment. In Indiana, we had a support system and, and help with a babysitter who was amazing to our kids. She came from a large family, too, and was the oldest. So it was kind of like second nature for her to take care of them. After we moved, that resource was gone. And it was a long time before we found someone willing and capable of staying with our children. There was a lot that changed in our move. We went from living on five acres of land out in the country to a small three-bedroom townhouse when we first arrived. I can't even believe that we made it through that. <laughs> we were there for five months. And eventually, we found an old Victorian-style house in a small surrounding town that just suited us very well. Now, I wanted to share this part of my journey in life to let you know how much change we've had to adapt to. I recognize and I know that there are people who have moved many more times than we did. But for us, after living in a place for 40 years, it was a big adjustment. No, it was a huge adjustment. But that's what really gave me growth opportunities. I learned so many of my leadership lessons through not just my business life, but through parenting five kids and through the many setbacks and opportunities to learn new skills and adapting to new situations and new environments. After our move, and because of the layoff I experienced not long after moving, I had this sense that I needed to be changing directions in my career. Not necessarily total change in, in direction, but a pivot, so to speak. And because of the training that I had done for many triathlons, I, I really began to feel that I, I wanted to help companies to bring tools to their team members to get healthier. There was a new concept emerging in the industry called wellness. And specifically, there was a, a concept that was, was emerging even kind of on the far bleeding edge of the industry called outcome-based wellness programs. And a company back in my hometown of Fort Wayne was on the leading edge of this new industry. And actually, they were really on the bleeding edge of the industry because they developed a product that exploited a loophole in the HIPAA regulations. And really for a few years, there was debate around whether or not the product was even legal. I loved the concept of rewarding people for getting healthy and really thereby helping the company reduce the risks that their health coverage plan was exposed to. It was a way for companies to create ways of bending the trend of the second biggest expense item on their P&L statement. It was innovative and definitely not status quo. I like breaking the status quo. I went to work for this company and for two years, I presented the product to hundreds of companies and insurance consultants all over the country. Then the Department of Labor came out with the final wellness regulations that clarified how the product fit, or in this case, didn't fit, into those regulations. And my boss at the time had been on many of those conference calls with the Department of Labor before the ruling came out. So he had intimate knowledge of what the regulators were thinking. Once the regs were issued, he had an inside track on how to solve the, quote, not fitting in or loophole has been closed issue. The company, though, didn't want to veer from its course, so 
he started his own company to address what he felt was a big opportunity. And not long after my leader started his own company, I was let go. Five days before Christmas. By an email. No phone call. No conversation. Needless to say, I was surprised and a bit scared. Five kids to feed and no severance with not a lot of savings. Okay, I was a lot scared. And on January 2nd, after the Christmas season was over, I was in the office of my former boss working on a plan for his new company to bring me on to help develop business for them. Somehow, I just knew that his solution was going to be big. Because he was a startup and only had one client at the time, and only three months into the company history, we did some creative negotiating and he helped me keep food on the table and a roof over my head. I'm incredibly grateful for that. And then if we were successful, I had an ownership position that would mean that I benefited beyond any future salary or commissions. Did I happen to mention that this was January of 2009? Do you happen to remember what the economy was like back then? It was not a thriving economic time, to put it mildly, but we had a solution to help shave expenses in a big item on most companies' income statement. We could help them. And it was an explosive growth time. We grew not only in revenues, but also employee count too. I was on airplanes traveling all over the country, making presentations, speaking for human resources conferences, and selling lots of new business. It was an exciting time for a while. In 2013, I began a pivotal time in my leadership journey. Knowing that I was turning 50 that year, I signed up for an Ironman 70.3 event. It was a half Ironman distance triathlon, and I was encouraged, and I'm using air quotes here, by one of my workout buddies back from in Fort Wayne to sign up for this event. And with Cindy's blessing, I registered. I figured, hey, I'm turning a half century, so why not do a half Ironman? My whole goal with this one, though, was just to simply finish. With being on planes so much of the time, I could barely swim or bike during the week, so I had to focus on my running while I was traveling. It was a challenge, but I felt up for it and inspired to do this race. Now, I didn't say this yet, but the workout buddy who got me to sign up for this race was also journeying through cancer that was really pretty aggressive. He was training for the event too, but eventually he couldn't do the event because of his disease. He was there though to watch me. He became my unofficial photographer and my biggest cheerleader. I loved Dr. Dan. He was always pushing us. We always knew when he was having a bad day because he would punish us on runs. He was an athletic machine and I could never keep up with him on those days. Well, okay, most days I could never keep up with him. <laughs> but when Dan couldn't do the race, I knew that it had to be bad. So just crossing the finish line that day, it was a bit bittersweet. From that moment on in 2013, there were a lot of losses I had to walk through. In October, a comrade in my son's Marine Corps platoon was killed in action over in Afghanistan. We were devastated. This young 19-year-old had a whole bunch of siblings at back at home, and his single mom 
was back at home too. He was a dear friend to Andrew, and I know that it hit him hard. About three weeks later, my son Evan and I went to an Earth, Wind & Fire concert in South Bend, Indiana for my 50th birthday present to myself. I gotta say, it was amazing. These guys are still so energetic, and even as I think about that concert, I get chills. They are one of my favorite groups. So coming home from that concert, our family had to split up because some of them were in Fort Wayne coming home later in the day, and Evan and I then took off from South Bend early on Sunday morning to get home. When Evan and I arrived home in Pennsylvania, we came into the house and then we heard this loud bang. Evan shouted, Dad, is Megan home already? I replied, no. Then I think someone is in our upstairs bathroom, he shouted. I came upstairs and I opened the bathroom door to find our teenage neighbor laying on the floor with one of our guns in his hand. I would have never in a million years thought that Josh would do that. He was an easygoing, good kid that lived next door. He'd been watching our dog for the weekend and he had a key to the house. And then he rummaged around and found the key to our gun lock. He died two days later. I was shaken to the core. I had to tell the rest of the family when they got home. And I have to say that was the most excruciating communication of my life. I, I wanted to lie or smooth things over, but I just couldn't. I had to tell them all the truth. So when everyone got home, I sat them down on the sofa and I just blurted it out. Josh shot himself in our bathroom. Our family was absolutely in shock. We actually kind of felt violated. And this changed everything. Less than six months later, my buddy, Dr. Dan, passed away from his cancer. I remember praying, Dear God, what is happening? Why all of these senseless deaths? Why, God, why? It took me a long time to really pray without being sad and simply just pissed off. But my son was still in Afghanistan at this time, and he was alive. So I kept praying anyway and attempted to practice gratitude for what I had. These human losses in my life made me question a lot of things. It made me really ask, what am I doing with my life? What am I pouring it out for? What really matters? All the while, I needed to keep pressing on in my work and, and in my family life too. Sometimes I felt like such a fraud because inside I was a mess, but I had to keep moving forward. I didn't feel like I had the luxury of sitting still and processing everything. But I went on a journey of discovery, which included joining the John Maxwell team so that I could personally grow as a leader and really as a human being and a dad and a husband. I, I knew that I needed it. It really opened up my eyes to a worldwide team with different perspectives and different backgrounds and, and different experiences. I learned to catch myself when I was being critical in my mind of what someone was saying on those global calls. I began looking at how others on our learning calls were asking questions and being vulnerable and growing as a result. 
I also read a book called Halftime by Bob Buford, and that also had a profound impact on my journey during that time. He talked about moving from a success mindset to a significance mindset. That really got me wrapped around a tree that I couldn't get away from, in a good way, in a good way. But over the course of the next couple of years, I read, I listened, I took time to think. It led me to have a conversation with our CEO over dinner in March of 2015 to talk with him about what I was processing. I told him that I had been thinking about starting a coaching and consulting business because I felt like there were so many leaders that really needed to know that they have more in themselves than they realize. I kept seeing company leaders who treated their team like servants and robots and resources rather than human beings. They talked about wanting a culture that supported their their team's well-being, but they were too focused on the numbers and the measurables. They were missing the intangibles that lead to the measurables, like how fulfilled their people were or how connected to the, the mission of the organization that their people were. And I wanted to change that. I wanted to help improve leaders. I wanted to help improve cultures. I wanted to help companies grow. I didn't really know exactly how I would do it at the time, but I've been evolving my method ever since I started Impact Leadership Consulting LLC in 2015. As it ended up, the company that I helped get off the ground became my first client. One thing I know is what the world needs is leaders who are willing to be authentic and who treat the people in their charge with respect. It also needs leaders who are willing to listen and willing to admit they're wrong and don't have all the answers, yet still willing to make difficult decisions in the midst of uncertainty. As I'm recording this in 2020, the world is still in the middle of a pandemic, and every leader is being tested. And I believe that we're going to see the most radical changes in business in our recent history. And this will be for the betterment of everyone. We're finding out that we can change and that change doesn't need to take a long time. It does need a willingness to be uncomfortable though. And that's where I'm leaning in. I'm attempting new things, things that make me uncomfortable. I'm helping leaders learn how to adapt and be resilient to the many setbacks they're facing. I'm helping them see incredible resourcefulness that's within them. And that's why I'm so excited about the future. I see so many hungry leaders, both seasoned and emerging, that want to create a better world. It's my desire to bring some of those leaders onto this podcast and to hear their perspectives and approaches so that we all can learn from them. We're going to hold the space with them together. This podcast will be a safe space to explore and learn together. Remember, I'm on this ride with you. I'm learning every day too, and I want to help you grow right along with me. I think I'll leave it there for this episode. Thank you so much for listening in again. You know, in the next episode, I'm going to share what I do and how I get to live out my purpose. There's this quote from New York Times bestselling author Michael Hyatt that I love. And he says that whenever you discover your why, you'll find your way. And I am continually uncovering my why, and I'm super grateful that I get to live it out on a daily basis. Please do me a favor and go subscribe and share this episode and this podcast with your friends. 
I'd also love it if you'd give me a review on iTunes and <laughs> make it a good one, by the way. Nah, but seriously, I'd love to hear your feedback. I always want to improve. And so if there's an area that you feel like would be beneficial, please let me know. Feel free to send me your ideas for episodes or questions or people that you'd like to have me hold space with. You can send them to admin at davidmcglennon.com. I'll also have that email address in the show notes. Thanks for listening in. And until next time, be well. Thank you.